Welcome to Insider Coaching for Educators, where we explore the insider knowledge coaches gain from doing the work with diverse groups of teachers and educational leaders. Join us in mindfulness practice and conversation to delve into those pieces of insider knowledge that we've all learned along the way. Whether you've been coaching for one month or for 20 years, we're so glad you're here and are thrilled to be learning with and from you. Welcome to episode three. We are so grateful you're here. And um, this episode will actually be a continuation of the conversation we were having in episode two. Um, Nicole and I had such a nice conversation that it went a little bit longer than we had anticipated. And we wanted to make sure because we know how little time you have in the day, we wanted to value your time and so we're trying to keep the podcasts uh, under about 20 minutes if we can. Yeah, and, and we could go on for a really long time. So as we know, many of you can. <laughs> we're really trying to be cognizant of that. So thanks for coming back to hear the second part of the conversation. So today, um, part two of why, you know, why does it matter so much as coaches that we clarify and are able to articulate the values and beliefs that guide our work? All right, for today's mindfulness practice, we're going to try something a little different. It's an activity called the snow globe. And first thing we're going to do is shake up the snow globe, and then we're going to let everything settle. So if you can stand up, go ahead and do so right now. And what we're going to do is for 30 seconds, we're going to jump around, run in place, do jumping jacks, whatever that is. And then we're going to stop and be still. If you're seated, you can move your arms and torso as much as you can and see how it works from that position. All right, here we go. Jump around, run in place, do some jumping jacks, dance, cheer. Really make your body move fast. Get your heart pumping, your breath moving. Keep going, jog in place. Do a jumping jack, move around, move around, move around. And now find stillness. Stand on your two feet. Press your feet into the floor. Let your breath settle. Let your body settle. Feel all of the little bits of thought and energy, just like the snowflakes in a snow globe, slowly making their way down to the ground. As you inhale next, bring your hands together on top of or in front of your heart. Exhale and bow your head to your heart, thanking yourself for taking this moment. Inhale, lift your chin and open your eyes.
we've talked a lot about our whys and what they are and, and how we came to them, but why does it matter? I mean, I think we've sort of danced around that a little bit, but let's dive in a bit more to why, why it matters that we know what our why is. I think, um, you mentioned this already, Nicole, but that knowing what our why is really allows us to better communicate our goals and purpose, um, and roles to the people we work with. Um, and that's especially important if you're being hired into a coaching position where there's not a clear definition of your role. (laughs) Yes. So I think certainly that's, that's one. Um, and that allows you to shape that coaching role if you have an opportunity to do so. And I recognize that not every, not every coach does, but some do. Right. And I think that even, even if it doesn't seem like you have a lot of hand in being able to shape the role, you still get to shape how you show up in the role. And that to me has a lot to do with, again, coming back to that why. Like, yeah, maybe I am coaching, you know, read 180 or like a specific math intervention or something like that. But that doesn't mean that I surrender all of the other things that are important or who I am in that process. So yeah. And my um, slightly, actually much older, right? Wiser self now <laughs> says, I'm not going to coach a program. I'm going to coach people. Exactly. And if the program isn't working for those people or those, whether they be teachers or students, it's my role as a coach to raise those difficult questions and have those difficult conversations with the administration. Well, and I think that that leads really well into another reason it's super important to know your why, right? Like it's easier to have those hard conversations, be they with a teacher or leader. And there's a lot of research out there that supports the more that you know where you're coming from and why you're, why you're doing what you're doing, the easier it is to have those conversations. Elena Aguilar talks about it a lot in her work and she has a quote that I just think is really great. She says, you know, when the hard moments come, your eyes will be on the prize on fulfilling your sense of purpose. So when you need to make decisions and pick your battles, you'll be anchored and emboldened by purpose. And all the research on resilience has found that resilient people are firm and clear in their purpose. I just love that anchored and emboldened, like, I love that so much. I do too. And um, that's from, for those of you listening, that's from um, the book Onward um, that Nicole and I have both found extremely uh, powerful and relevant in our own, in our own work. And I know many of the um, schools that we work with have also found that resource very useful. Yeah. I love, I love that she in particular and in all of the educational coaches, at least, is considerably more person-centered, it seems like, than some of the other programs are. She's a little, I mean, she's got a program, don't get me wrong, but she's also like, but who you are really matters. I like that. And who you are as a coach and the values you bring to the coaching work really matters in her, from her perspective as well. So in addition to helping us have really challenging conversations, um, both at the teacher level and also at the broader system level, 
Understanding and being able to articulate our why also allows us to make more confident decisions that are based both on the existing data that we have access to and also on our gut instincts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that we spend our entire lives basically, and certainly most of our educational training being taught not to trust our guts. Yep. It's all about data, evidence, test scores, all of this. Like we have to, we can't just know, we have to have all sorts of proof and there's just no way to be our whole selves in our coaching relationships if we're not listening to what our body is telling us. I agree wholeheartedly. And in preparation for our chat today, I reread Simon Simonek's book, which is called Start With Why, which many mm-hmm. of you might have already already be familiar with. You might have seen his um, TEDx talk that's been very popular. And um, Simonek wrote, great leaders are those who trust their gut. They are those who understand the art before the science. They win hearts before minds, and they are the ones who start with the why. Yes. <laughs> right? And, um, and those gut decisions feel right for really important reasons. And um, we know when we go against what our gut's telling us because there's external pressure to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes us feel just horrible. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, like it's real. Your gut instinct or gut reaction is like a real thing. There's science behind it, right? Like we're not just making this up. It's, it's for real. And you do have to get practiced at listening to it. Like because it's been so trained out of us, we need to practice understanding how we're feeling. So like, what does, what does that look or feel like to you when you're like, Oh, I, I've got a gut feeling that I need to trust. I start, my heart starts to be, starts to race. I noticed that. And I'm actually, while we're sitting here, I'm even putting my (laughs) hand on my heart. You can't see that obviously from, from where you're listening, but Um, My heart starts to race. I feel anxious and unsettled. Um, And I actually didn't really put those feelings together with the context in which they were happening until really the last year I took a neuroscience of coaching course and they really encourage us. We learned a little bit about the, of the brain research around Mm -hmm. um, why those um, feelings that we're experiencing in our body why we need to pay more attention to them and start to dig into them. And um, that's when I started to realize that I felt like that when I I was asked to do something or I was in the midst of a situation that potentially really conflicted with some of my core values about the work I needed to be doing as a coach or about the way that I needed to be treating, I wanted to be treated. And I say needed more than wanted because mm-hmm. it really is so important to me right. that the people I work with in my capacity to do so are treated as experts and are treated as valuable, respected educators. Yeah. So I started making a connection between that heart racing, anxious, unsettled feeling and moments at which that was, um, that was kind of, not consistent 
you know, that, that, the, that value I hold so dear was not consistent with what I was being asked to do. So, so you're talking about experiencing a moment where you were in conflict, where your mm-hmm. values and what you wanted to do were not matching up. Not that like, oh, I'm, I'm all on board and everything's all racing. <laughs> like, or what I, maybe not what I wanted to do, but what I was asked to do gotcha. in a given situation. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think there's also the flip side of that coin the the knowing like oh yeah this is right mm-hmm. and I think that sometimes that's a harder feeling to find because it's a little at least for me it's a little subtler like the yeah what does it feel like for you I think that is when I almost feel like my <laughs> I'm this is gonna sound weird but like that my brain is no longer the priority, like they're not running everything. So when I'm talking, instead of like struggling to think of what I'm going to say, stuff's just coming out. Like the right things are coming out of my mouth that I just feel very together, that I feel, I mean, Brene Brown uses this term of like grounded confidence. And I think there's a reason that grounded is part of that. Like I feel very settled in my body my heart rate is slow. I'm not feeling flighty or like I'm a big gesticulator. And I think I, those slow down a little bit, even when I'm in a place where like, I'm really tied in unless I'm super passionate, then they start to get like all over the place again. But for me, it's a, it's a really quiet feeling. Hmm. I would say for me, it's a light, lighter feeling. I take a lot of things too seriously, I mm-hmm. think. And I'm very critical of my own work as a coach. And so I tend to go over, th- perseverate mm-hmm. about decisions I made or questions I asked or did I push too hard? Did I not push enough? Did I, did I ask things the right way? And so those that chatter kind of stops. Yeah, it's like everything slows down mm-hmm. almost. Like, I mean, and you hear this, I think the people who are the best able to articulate it are athletes when they start talking about being in the zone, right? Like that the game slows down and opens up. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is very much what happens. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. We didn't plan on having this long of a conversation about that piece at all. Yeah. Well, and as, um, as a yoga teacher and a mindfulness teacher, you have, um, lots of strategies also for helping people Mm-hmm. to be grounded in the way that I think is most helpful for us. And I feel so lucky that in this podcast that I partnered with Nicole and that <laughs> she's able to walk us through some of those mindfulness practices um, during during this session. I just wanted to share one more thing um, mm-hmm. before we kind of leave this topic, which is I, I th- this is something that I didn't think about earlier in my career, um, mm-hmm. but I think quite a bit about now that understanding our why and particularly as it gets fine-tuned over the course of our careers allows us to decide whether a coaching role in a particular school or organization is the right fit I think sometimes we feel as a coach like we've been a failure I have felt that way yeah if I haven't been able to affect the kind of system-wide change that we want to affect And, um, but I have learned that not all contexts, not all schools, organizations 
are in a place where coaching is going to be an effective approach at that moment. Yes. And I think that that's so important for all of our listeners to hear because I think it is so easy to just take all of that blame, like carry that entire weight. And it's it's so rarely a fault of the person doing the coaching. It's a fit issue. And so, you know, I just think that that's a really nice thing to normalize. Like it's not you and it's okay. It doesn't make you some sort of failure to walk away from a fit that's not right for you. Right. As always, at the end of each episode, we're going to ask you to share a piece of insider knowledge that you've gained in your coaching experience. This week, we'd really love to hear from you about an experience where your values or beliefs influenced a decision you made regarding your coaching. Please share them with us on our social, Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, or check us out on our website, Insider Coaching for Educators with the number four. See you next episode.